0: Coming up on Inside the Green Room, how Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP, the trade chatter getting louder, and how I avoided history.
1: Back with a new episode of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. You can find us on the SiriusXM app, and this episode you can also find on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, so make sure you keep following the show on today's show. we got to talk about the trading deadline coming up. Ben Simmons, a little Tobias Harris chatter as well. But the big man on campus and the big man on campus for a while, Danny, his name, Joel Hakeem Aladjuwan.
0: Oh, yeah. Embiid. That's we his name. What we did in
1: Houston. We saw we, or Joel Nowitzki. We've seen, we've seen what he's been up to. Uh, he's been going absolutely crazy, setting a franchise record for 30-point games on the road. Uh, can you compare what you're seeing from Joel this year versus last year?
0: Yeah, um, somewhat. I think last year was an unbelievable year because it wasn't like there was any slow phases. I think early in the year, it was a little slow start for him because he had the knee injury, had some injuries. Also, had COVID was out. We were still eight and two, but he was playing well, but he wasn't playing as high of a level as last year. Last year, it was throughout the whole year until he took that month off consistent, that, that month he was consistent throughout the whole year. Um, but as of late, he's been on that same dominant tear. And it's, it's hard to compare, but he's back at that level to where he wanted to be from last year. Um, it's just kind of picked up, but it took him a little while to pick it back up to where he left off from last year um, coming into this year. So, you know, obviously finding rhythm, building rhythm. We have guys out, in and out, covid protocols and Ben not playing, you know, it's a different type of adjustment. So it it took some change, not just for him, but for everybody. And, you know, I think we're seeing uh, the potential this team could have. I'm not of the
1: camp that the team is better without Ben Simmons, but I do see elements where Joella Embiid himself can be better than he was last year without Ben because he can operate with a lot more space and you could, you're seeing him now put the ball on the ground, even more, get into the rack. Um, I don't even know if you could comment on that earnestly, but I think it's a fair point. I think the space that it provides him has allowed him to just be a terror.
0: I agree. I don't think we're better without him, but I think certain people have gotten opportunities to be better and do better because of said different types of lineup, spacing opportunity, um, some people have hurt, you know, from it. Yeah, I think with putting four shooters around Joel, it makes it harder to double-team, but you still at some point have to put somebody at Dunker. Uh, but, you know, Matisse in there, the way he's been playing in there and finishing at the rim, it is making it very difficult. And I just think his mindset of, of going quick, beating the double-teams, and playing the inside-out game, you know, reposting, finding guys, passing, being a willing passer, and being a better passer within the double-teams um, have made him extremely, you know, hard to guard.
1: In the state of Pennsylvania, I know a lot of people are allowed to place their bets legally. When I see Joel Embiid with three and a half on the over-under one assists, I click over. Uh, moving on, MVP candidates. Joel Embiid is one of them, for sure. Danny, do you have five MVP candidates as we're starting to get towards all-star voting and things of that nature?
0: Yeah, I think I could list five guys. It just, it's said it's so tough with so much uh inconsistency with guys being out and in some guys have been hurt. Some guys have been in protocols, but uh, for me, obviously you got to go winning is a big factor for me. So you got to go with the teams that are winning and obviously golden state, you got to put Steph Curry in that category, that category, in that conversation, Uh, Kevin Durant, for sure. Um, They're one of the top teams in the East, Um, but also DeMar, the way that he's taken, not just him, but their whole franchise has changed around with the guys that they've added, but he's been playing at a high level all year um, round for them and been amazing and done it efficiently. So i put DeMar in that conversation. Of course, Joel, um, you know, we, without Ben, without guys being out and being hurt, the way he's carried us um, to be above 500 and now, you know, have a little rhythm of winning some games of six in a row or seven in a row. um, uh, You got got to put him in the MVP conversation. um, And also for, I mean, I like Phoenix, but I said so many guys have been in and out. Chris Paul's played a lot of games, but I just don't think the numbers are there. Um, I like Book, but for me, I think Memphis, if they continue to keep winning, you got to put Ja in that conversation. Um, the way he's been hooping, the way he's been balling, you know, him and Desmond Bain could be in the conversation for most improved player. Um, those guys have been hooping. So those are my, my candidates for MVP this year as of right now. But obviously that can change within any week.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we talked about Joel Embiid, and we talked about his. You just talked about his MVP candidates. You got to so give us sort... your top.
0: We got to get your top five, bro. You can't just nah, have nah. me. I uh, got who, well, who are your MVP candidates.
1: Well, you been you were picking my brain. I would have taken, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have put DeMar DeRozan there because I think part of the re- while he's their clutch shooter, I think they also have a lethal scorer as well by the name of Zach Levine, and I also think the reason why they are as good as they have been, even though they can't beat the Sixers is because of their defense with Caruso and Lonzo Ball. I think those are very impactful signings uh, for their way that they're stretching. Definitely, but
0: you can have an MVP candidate a part of some good group of guys. It doesn't mean he's doing all himself, but they are winning, and I think he's the best player on that team.
1: I don't agree, but we don't have enough time for discourse. The discourse will be in in upcoming segments when we talk about some other players in the NBA, maybe some that are playing in the state of Philadelphia or, or state of Pennsylvania or maybe not. Uh, I, do, I did want to talk one more little thing about Embiid. We saw Dirk Nowitzki recently uh, was uh, got his statue in Dallas, uh, and then a lot of people came out with their names of top international players like uh, Tim Duncan, uh, as I mentioned before, Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, you've played with Tim Duncan, played with uh, Tony Parker. Um, as you've seen Tim Duncan, uh, and you've seen Joel Embiid have – what What do you – are you starting to see some similarities? And I imagine he's going to end up being one of the – he has to end up being a top five international player of all time. When it's For similar. sure.
0: Um, somebody asked me that recently, man. Uh, they're actually complete opposites, only in the fact that they're both very skilled and they win and they were dominant. And I think they're one of the best at the position. But the way they operate are two different total you know, packages. Like Joel handles the ball, shoots a jumper, you know, mid-range, setbacks, fadeaways – and it be a powerful force down low. You know, Timmy was a fundamental, you know, type of guy. He didn't do as much of that. And he was also, obviously, Joel was becoming that, but uh, they're both defensively, I guess, really good at protecting the rim. But um, I think Timmy was, a, a, you know, more of a passing big, you know, as he got a little older, but he was always a great passer. They, too, they do different th- things very differently when you look at their games and their skill set. But the fact that the the work work ethic is there, the fact that they are dominant and very good and they they can dominate a game and win games on both ends of the floor, um, I think is probably the only thing I see that that is in common.
1: Two things that Joel Embiid does better than Tim Duncan. And I know you're friends with Tim. I know you've won a title with Tim. Yes. Don't get, this is an obvious fact. Two things, for sure. Hands
0: down, no question. Okay, well, I mean, I got... Yes, shooting threes. Three, but don't don't sleep, Timmy could shoot threes. But I got I got Timmy toward the end of his career. So I didn't get the scoring Timmy. So for me, I thought I think Joel's more of a natural scorer, if that makes sense. So I guess shooting threes is that so because he can shoot threes, he's better a better score because he can shoot it better. But what was your second? Well, oh, you 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 about to get aggregated for that one now.
1: Uh, shoots threes better and also talks better trash.
0: Huh. That's hands down, That's not fr- even a question. Hey, don't sleep on Tim. You heard the stories of Tim Duncan. He has subtle but very effective trash talking in his game, and it works. Oh. Joel's a troller, but Timmy is—he's got a little. it said it's subtle, but you, you heard KG talking about how Tim used to talk trash to him. It, it hits. It hits home. But uh, yeah, Joel's probably a better trash talker, and benefits.
1: Benefits of doing the show with a, a, a 13-year veteran. Maybe by the end of the show, we'll we'll talk about uh, some of Tim Duncan's trash talk. And speaking of trash talk, saw a lot of it on the internet last week as Danny had somewhat of a historic performance reversed. We'll talk about that next. And of course, the other guys on the team who were filling their max salary cap space. Must talk about that too.
2: Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, the NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions.
1: Back with more Inside the Green Room. That's Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. In this segment that we've been doing for the beginning of this year so far, we always try to find out why Danny Green is trending on Twitter. And so last week, uh, they were playing in Orlando, and Danny went trending because he had the quote-unquote Snell game, a game where you play up to 20 minutes, or a little bit more than 20 minutes, and you have zero rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks, zero steals. I found it ironic, Danny, that mm-hmm. last year when we were doing the show, you complained, or not you voiced your concerns that your steals and your blocks were getting accredited to Matisse Thibel, to Ben Simmons. Sure. And when you need one in the baddest way, because ain't nobody trying to have a Snell game, you <laughs> ended up getting it from Andre Jumming. Give me the give me the details, bro. Uh,
0: I knew that like I said I was on a minute restriction, so I was in and out. I really didn't get many attempts. For me, I'm not going to get plays running for me. So I'm uh, and I don't handle the ball enough to get enough assists. Uh, so, you know, points and rebounds are up in the air type of thing. Some games you're going to get shot, some games you're not assists. I might get them if I throw it to Joel, but if I handle the ball and we don't push the pace, we don't have pace. I'm not going to get many assists. I'm going to get a hockey assist or something like that. So I have to rely on, you know, make sure getting steals and blocks and rebounds in that category. Um, you're on the perimeter guarding guards. And chasing guys at the three-point line, you have to be a little more active and running into the paint more and trying to get those rebounds, or those long rebounds. Um, but yeah, I do know that after the game, Joel was yelling for me, Danny Green, Danny Green. And he's trying to show me the stat. And I'm like, bro, he goes, you made history today. I'm like, bro, what? He's like, I said, I know I got a rebound or a steal today. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I did. They just didn't have it on there. Um, but, you know, they also pulled up stats of, you have to have a certain amount of minutes. It was like an opener. I think I did it in 18 or 19 minutes in the season opener. But, you know, there's there's always times where you have to look back to figure out, all right, when did I – I know I got a rebound. I know I picked the ball up at some point. There's got to be a steal there or a rebound there. And a lot of times I don't like to go to the stat- statistician and be like, yo, I know y'all missed me on a rebound or y'all missed me on a steal or a block. But this time I had to. And they were like, Joe, was like, no, we're going to make sure we get you in the books for something. We're going to find it. And before the plane even landed, Eli, shout out to our video guy, he found the steal that um, they sent it in, and they reversed it and, and gave me the steal, so I didn't have zeros all across the board. Um, mind you, yes, I do need to be more active. I do need to be better. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes those games happen, in the flow of the game. But my impact, as we discussed, and my teammates, they let me know and they back me on this, is on the defense end of the floor. The the stat that I look at, the biggest for me is the plus minus, and that game was not. It was a minus. I did I did not like that. But you know, I have to impact the game and be more effective or more active on defense on the floor by getting steals and blocks and then trying to get some rebounds and just playing and guarding my guy and causing some chaos. But um, yeah, hopefully no more of those. Hopefully we don't get close to any more of those uh, throughout the rest of the season.
1: For sure. As, as Mark, well, as Mark Jackson pointed out, I think he was on the call for that game. uh, Your impact is obviously on the defensive side of the ball, but even when you don't shoot it, spacing is extremely valuable in this league and you do provide spacing Uh, so that was achieved. Thankfully, you got it. I do wonder though, I might go a little bit longer here. Um, Mm -hmm. I've I've watched you play games where you played well, I've watched you play the games where you played poorly. And for the most part, you know, you are even keel, move on to the next game, move on to this game. It's the benefit of being in the league for so long. Sure. But I feel like that was the one game I was worried, like I'm not worried out. That was the one game where I was like, Danny must be upset. Like that's the one I thought, like you you should go over 10. And you'd be like, all right, man, next game. But that one, I felt like Danny might be a little
0: tight. (laughs) I think everybody felt that. They're like, yeah, this one had to bother him. And it did. Don't get me wrong. Just because you're always going viral for some stupid shit or something silly. Um, But just the fact that you don't feel involved. When you see that, you're like, yo, I wasn't involved in the game at all. And, you know, I think some of the staff was like, are you okay? Are you moving all right? something wrong? Um, And I don't want to blame it on injury. But everybody has bumps and bruises. They're like, are you moving funny? You're not moving as well. We're going to try to you know, get you back on this or doing that or you making sure you're treating this. So I was like, all right. And uh, so the next game, I was questionable because I did have a calf injury. That was a contusion, but nothing major. And they're like, oh, we're going to try to limit your minutes anymore. I'm like, that's not going to help me. <laughs> like, I don't need more <laughs> limited minutes. Let me just play. You know, I don't want to come back and be like, yo. I'm like, let me just play. And then, you know, we'll figure it out. Like, if I need a break or a sub, I'll tell you. Or if I need to limit or cut back on minutes, I'll tell you, but my body's fine. Now, even though I was in quarantine and had COVID, I would continue to work out and make sure I was in shape so I'm not 100% out of shape. So yeah, it was one that did bother me. People kind of sense that, but you know, it's frustrating. Luckily for the NBA, you play a game every every other day and you know, you can get get past it once you uh, get back on the floor.
1: It 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 led to you unblocking worldwide Wob, a popular NBA person, a popular personality on NBA Twitter, who I actually met this summer. Really nice guy, and actually went to UNC. I had no idea y'all had beef. I, I didn't know that. Must have been out of pocket at some point.
0: Probably. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> There's probably some tweet, anything negative on my page, I just I just block or or delete. So I didn't know he went to Carolina, um, but we did come to a, a truce and we shook on it uh, via Twitter and uh we're we're in good on good terms right now
1: uh speaking of carolina uh this past weekend because you guys have had games so spread out you went back to chapel hill a place that i went to once on a spectacular trip to help you celebrate <laughs> that 20 2009 national championship you went back what was the best moment i know you have a bunch of them what was the best moment of being back for that game
0: oh it was love man um just being celebrating seeing coach williams Um, Being celebrated, it's hard to pick one, you know, being celebrated by the fans, they're honoring the scholarship, Um, you know, people just being thankful, seeing some of my old teammates there, um, catching up with some of my guys at one of the teammates' house and eating dinner. Uh, That's probably the most most fun part was, you know, hanging out with those guys. Um, Then also I got a chance to talk to the locker room, talk to some young guys. Um, I understand that, you know, what it's like being in college, I was once there. I know they listen to their coaches, but they don't really understand. And sometimes coming from me, it may be different. And I told them if they ever need anything, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. Some of those guys I keep up with, some of those guys were there when, on their visits when I was there to work out or play. Um, so I was like, yeah, whenever you need to talk or something, I, I said, I know how it gets. I know how frustrating it can be. Or, you know, what's going through your mind of, you know, being a student an athlete and also a son of the pressure that you might have. So, you know, you know how to find me. Here's my line. Here's my social media. But it, it was a great time, man. They got a big win, which was more important. They got the win. I don't want to be any bad luck. So it was a good game. It was a big win that they needed.
1: Real quickly, real quickly. Is the Players Club still around?
0: I don't think, I think it is. It's, it's been on and off, back and forth. So it might be, they might call it something different. It was Players Lounge. Players Club is a movie, but Players Lounge. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, that's what it Players. was
0: called? It's called Players. Yeah, it's called Players. And um, it's a lounge. But uh, I think it's still there. I think it's uh, kind of an on and off type of thing. But they renovated it, and I think it's still up and going. If you know, you know. You know, exactly.
1: When we we come back, we're inside the green room. Uh, We have to talk about it. There's been a lot of chatter. NBA Reddit, NBA Twitter, podcasts, TV shows, radio. What happens with Ben Simmons? What happens with Tobias Harris? I'll give my thoughts, and hopefully Danny will chime in after we go to break.
2: Hey everyone, Lindsey Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, the NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions.
1: The trading deadline is February 10th, coming closer and closer for teams around the league and particularly the 76ers with a number of players who could be on the trading market, particularly Ben Simmons. We'll talk about him in a moment. want to get to Tobias Harris first, Danny. Uh, it's been a rough season for him, shooting under 30% from three. Obviously, he misses Ben. Uh, and, you know, we kind of talked about this last week, uh, but it's it must be a difficult time for him. And maybe you could peel back the curtain a bit because he's trying to perform well and then there's another expectation for him to perform up to his contract which is the status of a maximum level player I already told you how I felt about Tobias Harris's game I thought he was an an elite tertiary secondary scorer I don't know if he's a superstar which people think that's what a maximum player should be it must just it I don't blame him for signing the contract. I don't blame him because I I think he's trying to play to his best capabilities. For sure. Uh, How do you evaluate the discourse around him, his performance and things of that nature?
0: Like you said, man, people, you know, we're humans at the end of the day. We all, we still want to, we all want to do great. We want to perform up to our contracts. We want to do well. Um, But unfortunately it doesn't happen that way every year. And unfortunately not every situation is, is, set up for us to succeed that way or, or do that i'm not saying that his isn't or mine isn't but sometimes the flow of things adjustments or people missing or players not playing or people being traded or being out can have a huge effect on how guys play uh, especially the previous season end of the day you know um you know said so we are human and we have feelings and certain things get to us some things bother us some things don't and when certain small things trickle, trickle in you know, might leave something in him where it might be more added pressure or more added thinking to when he's playing out there instead of just playing like he normally does. But, um, you know, he's a very mentally headstrong guy. Um, You know, he's not a mental, uh, like a guy that's not like mentally tough. Um, He has tough skin. So, but, you know, end of the day, he he said he still wants to play well. We all want to play well. He's doing his best. He's working his tail off, trying to find his rhythm. And I think he's building rhythm and finding, you know, his game a little bit more now that we're, we're having a little pretty much some more guys back, but we have more of a momentum going. We get more pace. We get more pace. He's able to get out and running and you just be more confident. We're, as long as we stay confident in him, he's going to be confident himself. He's always going to be confident himself, but it helps when you have your teammates behind your back um, and, and encouraging you. So, um, so it's just a lot, man. He has a lot on his shoulders with him and Joel. They look to be the two main guys. And of course we have Seth now, but they look to be the two main guys to carry this franchise, which I mean, so they signed all three of them together. Um, and, you know, I'm sure they feel like it's a little unfair. I'm sure a lot of people are seeing it. It's a little unfair and maybe he's feeling that, but either way he comes in, he doesn't complain. He does his job and he tries to do it the best of his abilities and continue to keep doing that. And he's going to find ways to help us win games end of the day.
1: Yeah, it's interesting thing for him to be going through, you know, this uh the struggles because you know we saw Furkan Korkmaz went through struggles earlier this year, and now he's playing well. But when you don't play well during this period of time, during like this trade deadline chatter season, it adds another element to it. Uh, speaking of trade deadline, day after day after day after day, we're going to hear reports and trade rumors about Ben Simmons. I would say, Danny, that is in the according to what's out there and we don't even know what's true. Cause you know how it gets mm-hmm. this time, this time of year, I've tweeted it. Uh, some Sixers fans have chimed back in. I do not feel as if what is out there is worth the Sixers trading Ben Simmons. I don't think anything that's out there would actually elevate you guys to that other tier that some people would love the team to get to. Um, I wonder how you approach that situation from your, from your standpoint. Cause I hear one, there's one train of thought. There's a yeah. there's multiple trains of thought, but one of them is you're wasting a year of Joel Embiid's prime. That's one of like the, one of the biggest ones. And, how, and it's funny. And it's funny. Cause I thought, I was like, well, my guy, DG only, I mean, I'm not, he not retiring next year, but <laughs> <laughs> he only has so many years left too. So like, yeah you could also say wasting a year of danny's golden years whatever you want to say it I, I, i'm mm-hmm. curious do you want if he just it, it just take it away please
0: because there's so much I, to go from. yeah there. it is man um i agree with what's available i don't think people are making available what we can get in return for that trade um so i, I say keep them um but he said I don't think we're wasting the year, but you don't want a year of where you could possibly be a contender, but you're not because of one guy sitting out. So you want to try to explore that option. And it's tough. said It's hard to find the value and bringing something in and something back. Obviously, they're talking about trades with everybody. Everybody else's name is in the mix. And you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's possible or if it even will happen. A lot of it's just talk. And some people pull the trigger and, get, and panic, you know, before the deadline. So you never know what's going to happen. You'll see some interesting things that happen before the you know the cutoff. But um, I, I agree with you. I just don't think there's anything out there that's available that you'll get back in value or close uh, to what we need to be the contender that we want to be with him. So um, I, I think Daryl Morey's smart in playing the long game and, and hoping and seeing you know at the deadline or after deadline that he might may come back. He may have to come join us. I don't think he'll take a full loss on a year. If he does, you know, it's on him. He's strong. You know, I guess he's got more than we uh, can account for saved and can Thanks. take a hit better than we, we accounted for and has more pride than we accounted for. So, I mean, it's only up to him, really. But I think Darryl plays a long game and gets what he wants in return or keeps him and tries to, you know, make it work or make him, after All-Star break, uh, you know, kind of figure it out.
1: I mean, Ben Simmons has been voted to the All-Star team by the coaches. You have played with him. You understand how good he is. To take a player that is not at his caliber um, just doesn't seem like it's worth the investment if it doesn't really move the needle for you guys. Because as, again, I've watched you guys all year. You guys have competed with Brooklyn. You've competed Mm -hmm. with Chicago. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't put you as the favorites against Brooklyn, but as presently constructed, without you guys still having the continuity that you want, you're still very impressive how you guys have played this year. So I don't know if I know Darryl was on local Philly radio earlier this year and said it might take 4 years that might be the It might be pushing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean
0: it yeah, might be it, too put much your seatbelts on. But um yeah, I agree with you. Even what we have, I don't think anybody wants to face this in seven game series. I think we I like what we have. We have good potential. We're a good team. But yes, we are a lot better team with him and with that value or what we can use with that value so it's a tough decision and that's why i'm not in that hot seat i'm not in that office i don't need to make those calls but um i'm sure we'll see within the month five years from
1: now i would love i'm sure you'd maybe you'd find this intriguing to just like go to daryl and just like really sit down and be like all right bro what was going on how what was on the desk as you, i'm sure as you i could evaluate. ask him
0: now he, he shares I me mean, he's a good like we have a pretty good relationship we speak quite a bit um but yeah, I, I don't want to get involved in that. It's not my place, but I think when it's all said and done, if I do have a conversation, I'm asking him, what happened, what's going on, what was... And I'm sure he'll break it down and give it to me, so... Um, and I'm sure he has seen and experienced a lot of things where he can write his own book uh, about, you know, the the, 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 this, the background noise and the stuff that he's uh, been through during trade times and even summer and before that throughout his year, so... Um, this one's probably going to be one of one at the top of the list for him. For sure. Uh,
1: if you are still a Philadelphia 76er, which we all hope so, by February 11th, I think it's only right that we bring back Mr. Mori for an encore uh, or repeat episode uh, as we had him on last year definitely let's put that in the let's put damn even if he does trade you it would be kind of a cool unique aspect we're like hey darryl why'd you trade me welcome to Inside the <laughs> I, don't
0: know if he'll, I don't know if he'll take that interview but we'll see <laughs> all
1: yeah. right we got one more segment to go here on inside the group to make sure you come back we're gonna find out if danny might sneak off to tampa bay for that eagles game We'll see.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes Cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid and I absolutely love this game. Every week, we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, include it with most subscriptions.
1: Almost time to go home, and later this week, Danny will be going to Florida. The 76ers take on the Miami Heat on Saturday, Sunday. The Eagles are in Tampa Bay taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the former Super Bowl, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Uh, Danny, you got a little yeah. leverage, I would think.
0: Yeah, a little you want, bit. You
1: think about making a move to Tampa Bay after the game in Miami? Can Can you pull that
0: off? I'm sure if we really wanted to, we probably could. Um, will we? I think guys would rather stay in Miami and watch it on TV. But we haven't discussed it yet as a group. But if there were some guys, a lot, not a lot of guys on our team are from Philly. Guys have football teams; they have teams from where they're from and other teams. So, but we do still support the Eagles regardless. But we'll see when we have that discussion. We could pull it off, but I, I highly doubt guys would leave Miami to go to Tampa. We did play in Tampa last year because that's where Toronto was. It was a nice city, but we don't know if it's comparable to MIA. Yeah. I'm curious
1: to see how much of the Eagles fan contingent will make it down there for a game where they are now, at least as of this recording, eight and a half point underdogs. I have them losing, and I have them losing by I have the Bucks laying eight because it's Tom Brady. Speaking of Tom Brady, at his age, he, is more, he could be MVP. At LeBron James' age, he's probably not going to be MVP because the Lakers aren't good. But, man, is LeBron numbers, James good. Yeah. His numbers are out of control. Last 11 games, 34, 9-6, and six, dropping dimes, Duncan, You got to play with LeBron two times in your career, one time in Cleveland, one time in Los Angeles. All right, Danny, give it to us. What is... The secret, uh, the secret, sauce. The, secret, the secret. What's in juice? that? What's in that what's in that water bottle,
0: bro? I don't know, man. The Space Jam juice. You know, he was the lead in Space Jam uh this past year. Um, he must have found you know Mike's secret juice. I don't he is playing at an un, unbelievably high level. Um at his age, which is, is unheard of. Um, you know, he's not slowing down. Obviously, his explosiveness, but he's his IQ is what makes him, you know, the best player in the world. Um, because of his size and athleticism. But even when he may not jump as high or be as fast, he still has a little, he still has it. But his IQ, able to figure out defense and study defenses and offenses of how to guard them and how to attack them. Um, and said, he's, you know, knocking down a shot, getting to the free throw line, making free throws. And he's just a winner. End of the day, he's going to do whatever it takes and find whatever it takes to win the game. And that brings out the best in him, in trying to win. So uh, when his team is down this year, he's had to carry a lot of the load. He's going to do, you know, make the winning plays. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to attack. He's going to try to take over the game. And it's crazy to see, even at 37, he's still able to do so. Um, but, you know, it, it's a lot harder. and He's going to need more help, and that's why they're, they're struggling a little bit. I will not say a lot more help, but he just needs different type of help. I think just the, the chemistry, the system, the fit is great help, but it just doesn't fit each other well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, been absolutely something to marvel at. The way he's shooting a three ball is amazing. Uh, so Tom Brady uh, and LeBron James really setting new standards for how you can perform at certain ages. Speaking of LeBron James, before we get out of here, report came out Tuesday night from Sham Sharania, Sham Woj. They just drop bombs all the time. Uh, there was a reported scrap, <laughs> as we did our all scrap team earlier this year, a reported scrap between Montres Harrell, who almost got in a fight with Joel Embiid, and KCP on Tuesday night. Apparently, during halftime, there was a little squabble. Uh, apparently, or reportedly, it was over KCP not passing the ball enough. Danny, you were teammates with KCP. Uh, Montres Harold was on that Lakers team last year with KCP. There were reported chemistry issues, and they were traded together to the Washington Wizards. Um, thoughts on the scrap? The internet will go crazy with it, but as somebody who played in the NBA, you're probably like, yep. And what else?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it happens, man. The heated debate sometimes go a little further than it should, but sometimes it's necessary, it's needed. And it may be in the simplest of games that are not as important, but every game is important. But I think they said they're playing OKC. Um, they win the game, regardless of winning or not. Um, you know, there's obviously things on other guys' minds that need to come to light so that people can understand, you know, where they're coming from. And sometimes it may not be expressed the right way, but you might find a newfound respect in your teammate and y'all might gel together even more after getting that out the way. Now, you know, you know how fights are in, in most cases, and especially the league, it's probably a couple swings and guys breaking it up. So I don't know if anything was connected or anything like that, but end of the day, you know, they had a disagreement. Um, I'm sure they're going to think about it. I'm sure they're going to reconnect as teammates. As brother said, they've been playing together for a couple of years now. And they're going to, you know, find some chemistry and keep hooping and balling and, and winning, winning games. They've been playing well. D.C. has been uh, a pretty good team this year, and, and it's because of those two guys.
1: Have you been in a locker room before with the scrap?
0: Not in the NBA. Um, yes, actually, I have. I've seen, I haven't seen it first. I've, more, I think it was a coaching situation. It was like behind the door. You hear it. Coaches uh, are scrapping? That. Yeah, uh, it was more of like a front office and a coaching staff member. I think, what, re- what
1: region of the country were we you We are in?
0: not going to go there. It's going to be too <laughs> easy for you to figure that out. But, um, yeah, I've seen, heard, I, I've seen, I mean, in high school, we got into a bunch of fights. College, there was some, you know, little tussles and stuff like that, but nothing like where people were swinging a major like that. Um, but there are disagreements and some wrestling stuff going on. Um, but in the NBA, uh, I haven't been... Head, like head on with anything. Uh, you know, San Antonio, it's pretty simple there. Toronto, everybody got along well. You know, LA, same. But, you know, there's always friction. There's no real, you know, swinging and, and fights, but there are disagreements and guys will just, you know, disagree with loud voices and, you know, some different choice of words.
1: You know, Danny, that, you know why you haven't seen too many scraps? Because you've routinely been on teams that win. And chemistry matters. To some people, at least. Uh, so, when, but when we come back next week, I am going to uh, try and get more details out of you. Uh, this news happened very late, so we weren't able to really get into it. But I'm going to try my best to get that story out of you, and then I also will put you on the clock for that Tim Duncan trash talk story. This guy. For sure.
0: More. I mean, we do play DC coming up, so I'll, I'm sure I'll hear news. I'll, I'll talk to Coos and KC and see what's going on. Those are my ex-teammates brothers they're my brothers my ex-teammates um so I'll, I'll ask him what happened i'm sure i'll have a a little bit of insight not that i will share all of it but i'll have a little bit of insight of what happened there we go uh you know the drill
1: subscribe rate review inside green room on instagram whoever's on inside green room on twitter come off that bro
0: see you next word Series XM Podcasts.